from a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Alberto Cairo is a data expert. He's a permanent consultant for companies like Microsoft and Google, and he's the director of the University of Miami's Center for Computational Sciences Visualization Program and their night chair in visual journalism. He has a blog about the functional art of data, and he'll be the featured speaker at the April 15th Science Sundays event hosted by The Ohio State University, where he'll discuss visual trumpery, or falsifying data, facts, and visualization, and how to fight back against fake news. Welcome to Craft, Alberto Cairo. Hi, happy to be here. Well, tell me about how your passion for data visualization got its start. What brought you into the field? I have always been interested in the visual communication of information. I am originally from Spain, and I began my career in journalism uh, 20 years ago. Um, and I, I, Initially, I wanted to work in radio. I actually did internships in radio stations, reading the news in the morning. But at some point during my career, a professor of mine at the university in Spain knew that I could draw a little bit. I can draw a little bit. If you ask me to sketch out things, I can I can quickly sketch out the face of a person or a dog or any sort of animal. I'm not a great artist, but I can sketch things out. So she recommended me for an internship in a graphics department in a newspaper in Spain to produce data graphics as a, such as statistical charts and graphs, maps, explanatory diagrams, and so on and so forth. And I discovered that I, I absolutely love that. Even if I didn't know anything about it before I started working in that newspaper, I fell in love with the field and I have stayed in the field ever since. Which is probably a better, uh, much better choice than going into radio from my own uh, experiences. So I, I congratulate you. Well, thank you so much. much. Wiser choice. <laughs> <laughs> I still enjoy radio quite a lot, and and I, I have participated in several podcasts, and mm -hmm. and I love presenting these ideas. So I I, I broadcast them somehow, right? Right. So. so tell me about the talk that you'll give on April fifteenth about visual trumpery. What will you cover? Well, I will cover basically how the charts meaning the graphs, statistical graphs, data maps, etc., that we often see in news media and in social media may uh, deceive us. So actually, the, the alternative title of the talk is uh, How Charts Lie, right? How, <laughs> how if a chart is, is badly constructed or if it is based on faulty data or if it is used in purpose to mislead you, uh, it will mislead you quite easily. Charts are, can be very misleading, even those that are well-built. And that, this is something that I discussed in the talk uh, uh, for quite a long time, that even a chart that is, is, that is well-constructed may end up misleading you uh, because of your own cognitive biases or ideological biases. And the title of the talk sounds quite strange to people whenever they, they hear about it, visual trumpery. Um, but as I explained at the beginning of the talk, I chose the title for three different reasons. The, by the way, the, the, as you know, the, the, the English word trumpery means something that deceives, and, and in particular, it's something that deceives the eye. So when I, when I learn about the, this, this word, a absolutely wonderful word in English, I decided <laughs> to, to, to use it, first of all, because it will help me attract bigger audiences, right? So if I title if I title a talk 
you know, how charts lie or how to become a better educated reader of charts, etc. the audience will probably half the size of what it would be if I titled something visual trumpery because it will trigger, it will trigger people, right? Liberals will be triggered and, you know, they, 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 they will come to the talk expecting to hear a rant against conservative politicians and then conservatives will come to the talk expecting a liberal ranting against conservative policies or something like that, right? And the title is not, it's, the title is completely bipartisan, so I show uh, examples coming from both the left and the right. So the title will help me bring bigger audiences. Second of all, and very important, uh, the title also helps me make the first point in the talk, the first principle in becoming a better reader of charts and graphs and maps in the media, which is pay attention and always read beyond the title. Because if you don't read beyond the title or, or you are not attentive, attentive enough when you read a chart in news media or in social media, you will likely walk away from that chart being misled if you only read the title again. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you see that are, are maybe examples of things that you thought, well, that is a a glaring or a most obvious example of this kind of visual trumpery. What sort of things will you talk about in the uh, in the talk? You had talked about bringing it from both sides, say from the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, as I said before, this is a, a bipartisan problem: the, the misuse of data and the visual representations of data in the in the media. So I, I talk about it's a little bit difficult to describe the content of a visual talk right. in radio, but I will do my best. So I, I discuss several principles or several strategies that we can use as readers to become better readers of charts. And the first one is always to pay attention at the underlying data being represented. So where the data comes from, what is the source, is the graphic showing, um, uh, is, is the graphic counting the right thing? This is another thing that I that I discuss a, a lot in the talk. For instance, one of the examples that I show in the talk is the fact that conservative commentators, whenever they, they talk about the results of the 2016 presidential election, they usually use the county level result map Right. So they show you the results of the county level, uh, county by county, who won on each county. Right. Red for President Trump and blue for candidate Hillary Clinton. And the problem with that map is that it's extremely misleading because it is representing the wrong thing. Those people are trying to use the map to represent the number of pe number of people who voted for each candidate. But if you take a look at the proportion of red and the proportion of blue on that map is 80 percent red and 20 percent. A blue, just because areas that are mostly rural and sparsely populated voted mostly conservative and densely populated areas such as cities, which are small in size but very big in population, voted for the Democratic candidate. Therefore, the map it indirectly conveys the idea of a landslide victory for President Trump. And that's not what actually happened in the election. As you know, the uh, results of the election were basically a tie. It was almost a 45-45% for each one of the candidates, right? And that's what needs to be represented if what you want to show is the results of the popular vote, right, in the, in the presidential election. The county-level vote will not give you the right uh, impression of the actual results of the election uh, when it comes to um, a, a, the popular vote. And I also discuss examples that use, you know, use bad data, examples of charts that lead you to see a causal relationships between between different variables when there is always, there, there is only a simple correlation between those two variables. 
Um, I also discuss charts that are badly built, such as, for example, bar, gra bar graphs that truncate the, the, the vertical axis and therefore they distort the proportions between the numbers that they are trying to compare. Uh, many different ways. There are many different ways in which you can lie with a chart, unfortunately. But there are also many ways in which you can tell the truth because the talk also has a positive spin. So the, the talk is how charts lie, but also how they can convey the truth and how they can help us discover interesting things about the world that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when you mentioned the truncation of uh, the vertical axis, it always reminds me of USA Today graphs. And uh -huh. I haven't looked at USA Today in years, but I remember they always, always cut off the top end of the graph. And it yeah. made no sense when well, you well, at it. Well, um, it depends. And this the is something that, yeah, something that I discuss in the talk. So um, uh, truncating the axis of a chart is, is never fine in a bar graph. Just because in a bar graph, the method to represent the data, uh, let me back up a little bit of that. So the whole point of doing a chart is to proportionally represent numbers through the variation of some sort of feature of an object, right? For example, in a bar graph, the feature that we vary to represent the number is the length or the height of the bar. Therefore, the length or the height needs to be proportional to the numbers. If you truncate the axis, then the size of those bars is not proportional anymore to the numbers being represented. Therefore, in a bar chart in particular, it's never fine to truncate the axis. But the rule that rule doesn't apply to other kinds of charts. So for example, in a line chart, right, a chart that is intended to show you the variation of a particular metric, um, a zero baseline is not that essential. I mean, if it can be included, that's fantastic. Uh, but but sometimes by including a, a, a zero baseline in a line chart, the line chart becomes completely flat. It flattens out, flattens out the line. And the whole purpose of a line chart is to show you the variation of a particular metric. Therefore, it is fine not to include a zero baseline in some cases in order to exaggerate the differences between the year-by-year -year differences, for example, or month-by-month -month differences uh, in the line chart. So in a, in a line chart, the rule doesn't apply. So I explain a little bit of the nitty-gritty of all these rules in data visualization or in charting um, uh, to the audience during the talk. So the big question I think uh, that a lot of people will have is, is it getting better or worse? Do you think um, sort of in general as you look across the landscape with the increasing amount of data visualization, where, where are we headed? Well, I think that it's becoming both better and worse. So one of one of the features of the internet is the overabundance of information, right? Uh, the internet has opened up um, a, a, a flood of information. Right? We have access today to news media from all over the world, right? And it also has lowered the barrier of entry to create these kinds of products. Nowadays, um, anybody can do a good chart. There are, there are free tools available out there that anybody can learn in, in 15 minutes and start charting data right? whenever they wish. And so many of these tools are free and open source. Therefore, the result is that we see more bad things, obviously, but we also see many more very good things, right? So uh, if we focus just, for example, on news media, um, uh, there are more good charts than ever published by news media, both to the right and to the and to the left. I'm thinking right now, for instance, about publications such as the Weekly Standard, which is a weekly conservative magazine. They recently started publishing uh, data 
driven stories, particularly about politics and elections, and including charts in those stories. And they are consistently excellent. They are really, really well done. So that's a great Mm -hmm. source of inspiration. And then, you know, traditional news media, newspapers, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, and so on and so forth. And smaller publications such as, you know, Tampa Bay Times, for example, here in Florida, and many, many, many others. They are using more and more charts in their coverages, in their stories. And again, they are consistently really great. Uh, online publications such as ProPublica, ProPublica.org or 538, Vox.com, they all use charts on a regular basis. And they are also quite, they may mix, make mistakes sometimes, like everybody. And I actually show a couple of mistakes from uh, some of these publications during the talk, but always pointing out that I believe that those are honest mistakes. They were just, you know, stories created in a rush, perhaps, and they ended up publishing graphics that were a little bit dubious. They were not trying to lie in purpose, but at the end, it was good, um, good at all. Um, but anyway, they also produced tons of very good stuff. So we have both more good stuff and more more bad stuff. And the uh, the purpose of the talk is to help people identify, to only pay attention to the good stuff and being able to constructively criticize the bad stuff so we can perhaps eliminate it in the long term. Alberto Cairo, I thank you very much for talking to me today, and I'm really looking forward to your April 15th Science Sundays talk about visual trumpery. More information about that will be available on the website at crafttheshow.com, and we're looking forward to seeing you in Columbus. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.